There was a man who walked into a small town mom and pop grocery store and he asked the owner, do you sell salt? The owner looked in and said, do we sell salt? He pointed him to a wall in the grocery store. And on that wall, it was stocked full of all different types of salt. There was iodized salt, Morton salt, pickling salt, kosher salt, whatever kind of salt that you could ever think of. Wow, said the man, I'm impressed. He said, that's nothing, come with me. And he took him to the back storage room on which every shelf in that storage room was filled with crates of different types of salt. And there were bins on the floor. My, he said, I've never seen anything like that. You don't know the half of it, he said to the guy. Took him down into the basement where everything else was stored. And that storage room was filled to the brim with rock salt, with blocks of salt, with all kinds of salt. The man looked at him and he said, you really do sell salt, don't you? He said, no, that's the problem. We don't sell salt. (laughs) But the salt salesman, he sells salt. You know, we live obviously in Michigan and it's winter and we know salt, don't we? On our roads. We know what it does to our roads as we watch them fall apart every year, and we know, of course, what it does to our cars as it rots them. You know, we hear a lot in the medical journals about salt, that it necessarily isn't a good thing for us. Too much in our diets. We pick up packages now to read salt contents before we eat something, before we buy something. But it was a lot different in first century Palestine. Salt was a precious commodity. It was mined like precious stones from the ground. It was used as currency. It preserved food until the age of refrigeration. An example was an old story that's told of an ancient king who asked his three daughters how much they loved him. And the first daughter looked at her father and said, Father, I love you more than all the gold in the world. The second daughter likewise looked at him and said, I love you, Father, more than all the silver in the world. And the youngest daughter then looked at him and said, Father, I love you more than all the salt in the world. He wasn't very impressed with her answer, but the cook overheard the conversation. And so the next day, when all the king's meals were served, he left out any salt. When the king tasted it, he couldn't eat it. And he realized then the value of what that youngest girl had said to him, that she loved him more than all the salt in the world. Jesus didn't see salt in his day the way that we do. And so I want to look at those words in the gospel a little closer to understand what he's talking about when he says, you are the salt of the earth. I think it's important that we understand something. Jesus doesn't say you are like the salt of the earth. He says we are the salt of the earth. It's important for us to remember that when Jesus says we are something, it is not because we are it on our own accord, but we because we are connected to Jesus as his disciples, because he has chosen us. He has made us this thing by his grace, by his love, by his adoption of us, that he calls us salt. Remember also in Matthew 5 that this comes on the heels of Jesus teaching the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
We remember in those words, it is Jesus who is telling us He is the one who delivers to us the kingdom. He is the one who is on our side. He is the one that makes us this salt of the earth. But Jesus then asks the question, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. A literal translation of what he's asking there is, but if the salt has become tasteless, how will it then salt the earth? An interesting concept. How will it salt the earth? Well, some basic chemistry that I think we need to understand is salt is made of two molecules, a sodium and a chloride, chlorine molecule, and the bond is so strong between those molecules that it is almost impossible to separate salt back into those two molecules again. So when Jesus says to us, salt has become tasteless, basic chemistry says salt that isn't salty isn't salt. It's something else, but it certainly isn't salt. And what Jesus wants his followers to be, to be salt, to exhibit certain characteristics in their lives. Characteristics like we heard in Isaiah this morning. The type of fast that God truly wants, the fastness in our hearts, in our lives, to show forth his mercy. Hear those words again, that Isaiah says to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke, to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And if you hear those words, it sounds very similar to the words that Jesus spoke in Matthew as he told about his return in separating the sheep from the goats. For Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. So what Jesus is saying to us, if salt has lost its saltiness, that as his followers, if we do not exhibit the characteristics that he wants us to show to the world, just like salt that isn't salty, so we are not then his followers. We're something else, but we're certainly not what he has called us to be. An old joke is, what do you call a boomerang in Australia that doesn't return? It's a stick. And so it is with us. If we don't live out our calling as Jesus has asked us to, Jesus then asks that question, how then will the earth be blessed? Did you know that the earth is blessed through us, through his people, as his followers? That we have that ability because he calls us salt to bring that blessing to the earth in which we live? How? Jesus says it very plainly. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
We are salt to the earth, and we bless it through good works. This is what we do to glorify the Father, and if we would glorify the Father, then we must glorify the Son and do what He asks of us, to bless this earth. And here's the wonderful thing of anything that Jesus asks of us ever. He will never ask us to do something that He will not enable us to do. Philippians says that, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He will enable us to be salt in the earth to bring that blessing. And since Jesus says we are salt and light to the earth, these things don't exist in the world on their own. Oh, I'm not talking about the compounds, but I'm talking about those who bless the earth. That only comes through his followers. And see, we are called as his people, called through the waters of our baptism where his name is placed on us to be his, redeemed by his blood, not to live just simple, ordinary lives in the world. And what I mean is to simply be a reflection of what we see in the world. We're called to live extraordinary lives, to be different from what we see in the world. That phrase that we hear, a peculiar people, as the Scripture calls us, different than what we see out there. To act differently, to live differently, to be people who seek purity and faithfulness, love and devotion and generosity. People that in our relationships with one another, when we fail or when we fall or we have been broken, we are people who seek forgiveness and reconciliation and show it in return to one another. People that in our neighborhoods and in our work are remarkable for our diligence and our commitment because as we know, all that we do is to the Lord. People that in our friendships and in our lives are powerful and lead by example in those things that Isaiah spoke of to care for those who are hungry, to feed those in need, to clothe the poor, to seek to be merciful to those in the world because we have been shown mercy. And as a community of faith in this place, a living body of Christ where the very breath of God and transformational power of the risen Christ move in us, so we are people who bring that hope into the world, changing lives through His blessings. But if we don't embrace that with everything in us, with the power of God's Spirit in us, with His Word to guide us, we can bring no blessing into the world, into the community, and to people. You know, there was a story of a woman who when she married, didn't know that she was marrying an abusive husband. When they got married, he gave her a list of chores that she would have to do every day of her life. And if she failed to do any of them, there would be retribution, both verbal and physical. She grew to hate that list and to hate him for his enforcement of it. There was no love in that marriage. As time went on, though, he died. And she found someone in the world and remarried. And she had no idea that life could be like this. This man loved her unconditionally, surrounded her with blessing, 
made her feel valuable. Well, one day as she was sorting out things in a closet, she came upon that original list from her first husband, that list that she hated and resented. And as she read the items on it, she realized that she was doing everything on that list now, but no longer out of fear or compulsion. She did them out of love now. And so it is with us. Our past in our lives must be covered by the blood of Christ and our futures must be led by his presence, by his unconditional love that he poured out on the cross for us. Not to compel us to be salt in the earth, to bring blessing out of loathe and fear of what would happen to us, but to be salt and light in the world because we are covered in his forgiveness and his love and his grace so that we respond in the same way to be his followers on earth to bless the earth through the gifts that he has generously given to you and me that we might be what he has called us to be by his grace by his love and by his sacrifice may we truly be those then that pass the salt on this earth. Amen.